During the past couple of weeks, I have been meditating on a book I read many years ago. In 2007, I met Bishop Robert Snacy in Puerto Rico as he shared with us his book, Five Practices of Fruitful Congregations. Simple practices that the church can do to grow in vitality and be fruitful in ministry. And as we continue to navigate this challenging time, I have gone back to meditate on those practices and how we can retake them as we continue to be the church in a world full of challenges, not only because of the pandemic, but other challenges we face ahead. And one of those practices we can do is passionate worship. Robert A. Rimbo, in his book, Why Worship Matters, says, The heart of the church's ministry is leading people to God. We worship because God is worth worshiping. And he goes on to define worship with these words. Worship is the language of adoration addressed to God and the language of God equipping us for life and witness. So we praise God, we express our love, gratitude to Him, and at the same time, we are equipped to serve Him. And we can do that in a passionate way. The same passion we have for other activities in life, we need to have for our worship of God. Passionate worship connects people to God and to each other. We gather as the body of Christ with eagerness and expectancy. We encounter Christ through singing, prayer, scripture, preaching, and Holy Communion. And we respond by allowing God's Spirit to shape our lives. And that's the key to passionate worship. Allowing God's Spirit to shape our lives. When we take time to worship like we are doing today, we open our hearts to let God's Spirit transform us, mold us, and shape us. It could happen in the sanctuary, or it could happen at your home or any place. Now today we read Psalms 84, and as we read this psalm, we get the sense, as some scholars have surmised, that Psalms 84 may have been written by an Israelite pilgrim making his way to Jerusalem, anticipating the amazing experience that would unfold simply by stepping into the house of the Lord. It may be helpful to remember that making the trip to the temple in Jerusalem was a big deal. And it is more than the structure itself that captivates the psalmist. There is a deeper sense of what worship does. The fact that everybody has a place and a purpose in worship. In the psalm, there is that lovely line, Even the spiral finds a home, and the swallow builds a nest where she may lay her young. Everyone is welcome in the worship of God. They all have a home there, and there's no other place they'd rather be. A day in your courts, the psalmist says, is better than a thousand elsewhere. That word courts in its counterpart in the previous verse, dwelling place, 
The Hebrew in both hints at another word familiar to our English hearing ears, Sabbath. We use the word Sabbath somewhat interchangeably with worship, as worship in the Christian context takes place on our day of rest. Notice scholar Walter Brueggemann points out that the word Sabbath literally means stop or desist. Think about that. Worship as stopping, hitting the brakes, pressing the pause button on life for a spell. There's another word in the same wheelhouse, synagogue, the place of worship in the Hebrew world. That word literally means come together. Some thousands of years later, an offshoot of Judaism, later known as Christianity, gathered not in a synagogue, but in ecclesia, the Greek word for church. The word ecclesia means call out of the world. So, if we talk about passionate worship and we take all these words together, we are thinking about stopping, about coming together, about being called out of the world. And that is worship. But it's something more. Passionate worship doesn't end after this worship time. In fact, in many ways, worship is just getting started. Passionate worship continues as we walk out of this place into the world that awaits us, into our lives moment by moment, our words and actions being shaped by God's Spirit. Everything we do every moment of every day is an act of passionate worship. It is presenting our lives, ourselves to God both in the act of worship and in the worshipful response of our living. So we gather for worship. We gather in the sanctuary. We gather online for worship. We open our hearts to God. God speaks to us. And we gather around God's word. We hear. We listen. We respond with faith and commitment. And we go forth to witness and serve. That is passionate worship. Passionate worship that starts in an hour, but that changes and transforms our everyday lives. Passionate worship is a way of life. It's a constant holy movement. And that movement can take place anywhere. Every time we worship God, we create space for that kind of transformation, that level of passion. And I'm grateful for that. And I think God is as well. I think every Sunday morning or every Tuesday evening that we have the time of prayer or whenever it is that we stop and are called out of this world to come together, I like to think that what makes God smile in our worship is that we sing praises, not only with any particular instrument, but that we sing it from our hearts. I think what makes God smile is not that we read the right words from a bulletin, but that the words printed on a piece of paper in some way reflect the words that lie deep within our souls. Words that long to be spoken, long to be heard. 
And I think what makes God smile is that we're not just going through the motions of a set liturgy or ritual, but that through that liturgy and ritual, we are taken out of ourselves for a spell, out of ourselves and into the holy movement of the moment. We worship God because we need to offer ourselves up as a living sacrifice, our whole lives to praise God and respond to that praise. We worship in the sanctuary. We worship at our homes. We move into a thirsty and hungering world that needs to hear the gospel of Jesus. So passionate worship begins with our love for God, our desire to open ourselves to God's grace, and our eagerness for a relationship with God. People come to worship to connect with God, to connect with one another and with themselves in order to feel restored, refreshed, remembered, and reminded. We wonder what God has to do with all that's going on inside of us and in the world around us. We want to know that having a relationship with Christ changes our lives. In our searching, God finds us, heals us, sustains us, and forms us in the new birth of Christ. So let's continue the journey together. Let's look to one another in hope and love as we continue this journey together and build the kingdom of God together for our future. And may we do so with a fervent passion and holding out a helping hand for our fellow neighbors.